A reading from the Gospel of Luke. When the day came for them to be purified, as laid down by the law of Moses, the couple took Jesus up to Jerusalem and presented him to God. For it is written in the law of our God, every firstborn heir is to be consecrated to God. They likewise came to offer in sacrifice a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accord with the dictate of the law of our God. Now there lived in Jerusalem a man named Simeon. He was devout and just, anticipating the consolation of Israel, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit had revealed to Simeon that he wouldn't see death until he had seen the Messiah of God. Prompted by the Spirit, Simeon came to the temple, and when the parents brought in the child to perform the customary rituals of the law, he took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Now, O God, you can dismiss your servant in peace, just as you promised, because my eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared for all the peoples to see, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. As the child's mother and father stood there marveling at the things that were being said, Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, the mother, the child is destined to be the downfall and the rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that is rejected so that the secret thoughts of many may be laid bare and a sword will pierce your innermost being as well. This is one of our sacred stories. Thanks be to God. For the past four Sundays, we have grounded ourselves in the annual Advent rhythm of hope, peace, joy, and love. And now, at last, the season of Christmas has truly liturgically arrived. But has hope arrived? Has joy or peace or love? When the Christ child had arrived, the prophet Simeon held him in his arms and proclaimed that all of what he'd been waiting for his whole life was here now in this child, in this moment. Now he could die in peace. I don't know many people who've had a moment quite like that at Christmas, nor am I saying that's something we should strive for. But I do wonder what it would take for us to know in our spirits what we're waiting for so definitively that when we saw it, we'd be as confident as Simeon that we had found it. Theologically, I feel like we always walk a tightrope in the transition from Advent to Christmas. We spend so much time talking about the things that we're waiting for during Advent. And at times it feels like the implication is that when Christmas arrives, when the Christ child is born, those longings should be fulfilled. But our experience tells us otherwise. 
our experience tells us that perhaps more often, longing and fulfillment coexist side by side. To inhabit only one at the expense of the other is to live a fragmented life. So I want to offer a poetic meditation this morning on the yearnings of Advent and the coming of Christmas. If you were at the Christmas Eve service in 2019, it will be familiar. I've tweaked it since then. And today, my voice is only one of the many that will offer a mini-sermon on our longings and their fulfillment. Several of our Northminster members have sent in reflections on where they have seen hope and joy and peace and love in this season. And we'll close this part of the service with a collection of those reflections in the hope that we might continue to train our hearts to know more clearly what they long for and our eyes to see more clearly the ways those longings are already being fulfilled all around us, here and now. And so this is a poem called The Unfolding of Dawn. Hope. It's the promise of a future, a story we can find ourselves in. It's an unfolding path, and despite the fact that we may not always be able to see past the next bend, it's enough to trust that we're headed somewhere, that the road doesn't end or suddenly drop off, or that even if it does, the journey continues on a path through the valley below. In the darkness, we've waited, and for some, hope was bright, giving light to the path that we've walked. For others, hope was distant, like a dream melting away, like a story unremembered, not quite forgotten, but far enough gone that it carried no punch, not enough to live on. If hope is a promise and the promise has been broken, how do we move forward with hearts open? Our waiting is over. Now the light turns. Morning has broken. Don't we still yearn? Peace. It comes unexpectedly in the calm after a rush of wind, at the same time as dependable as the rhythm of the ocean waves. It comes at great cost when it means anything at all, when it's more than delaying the inevitable, when it's more than mere repression, when it's more than a shushing of what aches to be made known. As we've traveled the path of hope, we have seen that it leads toward peace, have even discerned that the path toward peace is peace. If we let it be, then we have done what we can 
to let it be. Let it be. Be. And let it be enough. Our waiting is over. Now the light turns. Morning has broken. Don't we still yearn? Joy. Elusive as answers, abundant as air, It arises within us despite all our fear, and because we can feel it even in fear's dread grasp, we have trusted that we will know true joy at last. In the walking of this path, this journey through night, with hope bearing light, with peace as our aim, for some it has still been a journey toward joy, not a journey of joy, for it seems that joy lingers just out of our reach as the weight of this season bears down. But now, our waiting is over. Now the light turns. Morning has broken. Don't we still yearn? Love. Untaught, unkempt, unbreaking, unbought. It's the stuff of miracles, the unthinkable thought. And it's not so unthinkable, commonplace, mundane. It's eyes that see deeply. It's the lifting of shame. It's the weight of a blanket tucked in tight and warm. It's the decision to stay even after the storm of emotion, confusion, mistrust, disbelief. It's returning again and again to this truth that we each hold within us the image of the invisible God. However hurried or timid our step down this advent path we've trod, it is love that has called us forward, love waiting to be born. Our waiting is over. Now the light turns. Morning has broken. Don't we still yearn? Dawn. Maybe for you it was sudden. Maybe you woke up and the ache was gone. More likely, it will be slow, like the unfolding of dawn. It's hard, you know, to pinpoint the precise moment the dawn arrives. Still, it comes, and we trust it's coming from the first whisper of light. Like a new mother laboring toward what anguish she does not yet know. Once begun, there is no stopping it. This life will be born. This darkness will be broken. This morning be made known. 
This dawn won't be the last. Neither will this night. Light falls and it rises, but with hope in our hearts, let us press on in our yearning until the next morning and the next. Receiving what hope, what peace we may find. Receiving what joy, what love may come. Receiving the gifts of the light. Amen. How do I see joy, peace, love, and hope manifested every day in small things? Not the big events or the big surprises, but the small acts of kindness all around me. And that gives me hope. Where have I found hope during this season? I have found hope in the bright eyes of some children. These are the Casa kids who were probably going to have a bleak Christmas. But then some completely anonymous strangers stepped up. They went to Target or Walmart or ordered from Amazon and bought these kids some toys, maybe some shoes and some clothes. Can you imagine the look of excitement and yes, of hope on their faces as they opened their gifts? Someone out there loves me enough to care. Looking around at the neighborhood and walking and I'm thinking that it has given me an awful lot of peace during this time. Each of us carries part of the image of God. So too, every animal, plant, starry sky, and sunrise helps paint the beauty and mystery of God's creation. I want to share with you from Rachel Carson's Silent Spring. Those who contemplate the beauty of the earth find reserves of strength that will endure as long as life lasts. There is something infinitely healing in the repeated refrains of nature. The assurance that dawn comes after night and spring after winter. The aroma of a nearby olive tree, a sweet olive tree. Um, a splash of chocolate in my morning protein shake. That flawless banana, the sweetness of a Louisiana satsuma, the warmth of the sun, that is when we have it, Barack Obama's new book, A Promised Land, a new Taylor Swift song, Kate Bowler's words. The excited voice of a student because she finished this crazy semester successfully. A hidden message of peace and love this strange year has been the opportunity to 
examine your life closely as you're shut in during the quarantine and see the little blessings that are everywhere, the small mercies, the small joys. For me, it's been my yard and gardening and my dog, Trixie, and recognizing the confidence and trust we put in our closest relationships. And my bubble has just got four people in it, but they all are people that I trust and love and will set my life in their hands. Joy and happiness and giving. When? Like, when we were here, we gave the presents to Great Granny, and she was very happy, and that was joy. Mm -hmm. Very good. And we were kind to her. Yeah. And that's where I saw it. Joy. I've had joy with our worship services, seeing everyone, seeing how much love and kindness and, and care has been taken. Uh, the music, sharing the joy of music again, hearing the choir sing from years past, that has been joyful. The saying, absence makes the heart grow fonder, seems impossible when you love folks as deeply as you thought possible. But that is something I found about love this season. It is possible to increase an already bursting heart with more love. So in our physical absence, our bonds have grown in strength and resolved to face challenges we never imagined, clothed in the love of God. I find hope in the fact that my family and my church have adapted to the circumstances and are celebrating in spite of it. Now we won't have our big family party uh, with eating and singing Christmas carols this year. And even my immediate family, my children and my grandchildren, will celebrate, but we'll celebrate at a distance. So if I have the love of my friends and the love of my family, I will always have hope, joy, and peace, because love is the greatest of these. I'll simply say that the short answer is in light. So light, lights, and lightness for me this season have been found in this lack of that commercial pressure, sort of in the, the simple mundaneness of being mindful as I cook, clean, laugh, read, uh, check in with people, get checked in <laughs> or checked on by others, um, communicating. There are so many countless gifts of connection that have manifested in mindful efforts from, from family, from friends, and from this faith community. I think the difference for me is, is uh, in the mindfulness of the season and those moments when my emphasis is really on being and not so much on the waiting to be, just in the light.
Where have I found peace, hope, joy, and love this season? Well, right here with all of you at Northminster. Now, I know that we haven't been meeting in person, and um, I know this might sound a little odd, but I experienced it through the longest night service. And um, when I say I experienced it, <laughs> I experienced the energy of peace, hope, joy, and love embracing me in a time when I needed embracing more than I knew that I needed embracing. I have seen love by people hugging and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <Again>. <laughs>